0: We come to 40 Days of Purpose, Session 3 today. You were formed for God's family. And um, I'm going to hand over to John and Mary at this point.
1: Well, the scene is a drive through attendant on one side of the stage, busy filling orders. Man at the drive through box in a car on the other side of the stage, that's me. Man drives up to the voice box making sound effects of a car. <laughs> Screech, squeal!
0: Come to Church in the Box, where you can just drive through and get anything you need.
1: Well, yes, but I'm in a real hurry. Let me see. Let me see. I need a bottle of that patient's potion.
0: That will take three minutes to... Prepare. Three minutes? Well, hurry
1: it up. I'm told you I'm in a hurry. Is that all? No. I've had a bad week. Let's see. I need a clear conscience. From what? What do you mean? I mean, from what? So that I know what strength to get for you. Oh, I think I must need uh, the strongest stuff that you've got. Anything else? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd better get some temptation repellent. <laughs> <laughs> what strength will you need? Or just <laughs> Just give me the, the strongest, strongest stuff, stuff you have got. got. I know, I know. I'd better get some of that voice softener that works around children. Give me the brand called Talk Softly. It comes with a big stick, and I want the biggest stick that you've got. <laughs> I've got the biggest stick.
0: <laughs> okay, now let me see if I've got this. You want a bottle of patience potion,
1: a conscience cleanser, now, do you want that with remorse or without remorse? Uh, oh, no, no, no. Hold on the remorse part. <laughs> okay, no remorse. A yell
0: muffler for the kids. And finally, temptation repellent, Strong enough for even the chocolate heart to resist chuckers. Is that it?
1: Yeah, that's about it, unless you've got something special on offer.
0: Oh, special this week is visual small groups.
1: Is that on CD or DVD?
0: Both, we've got CDs and DVDs.
1: I guess I'll take the DVD. Do you want that for small groups or older groups? Oh, I think I'll take the small group, the younger group, please. Okay, drive up to the second window. (laughs) Okay, now it's all in there except the patience potion. Pull over to the side and that will be ready in two minutes. Do what? Do what? I told you I'm in a hurry. I've got absolutely no time to wait for your stupid patience. Oh, just cancel the whole order. The place drives me nuts. Next time, I'm just going to order on the internet.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, I wonder how many people here actually shop on the internet, have done any shopping? yeah, quite a fair number of people. Um, I certainly found that coming up to Christmas this year, it was fantastic. You know, no queues, just place your orders and um, they arrive to your house, as long as you order them in plenty of time. You can do so many things through the internet now. Uh, can you, uh, has any, does anyone order their food on the internet? Here? Anyone? Yeah, a few people have it and have it delivered right to the door. Very, very useful We seem to have moved to a society where we increasingly invent things to make our lives easier. If you go into the supermarkets and you're looking for food, you can buy the ready prepared meals that you just take home, stick in the microwave and six minutes later uh, or something like that, out they come piping hot and reasonably nutritious and reasonably good to eat. Uh, Our convenience... Many things that we have in society for our convenience uh, take us away from having to interact with other people. You know, so we can do all our shopping on the internet. We can work from home and speak to people right across the world uh, through our computers. Very easy to do. I wonder, how far removed is it To think of this church in a box, this drive-through place where you could go and get exactly what you wanted in terms of your spiritual nourishment. Does that appeal to you? You know, the thought that maybe you could just go and drive right up and pick it up. There are drive-throughs for so many things. Yes, we have them for McDonald's and fast food restaurants. But I know when I was in America for a while, they have cash machine uh, drive-throughs. So, you know, rather than you having to get out of your car to go to the cash point machine, you just go drive up, reach out of the window, put your card in, and you get your money out. Drive through, your convenience, make life as easy as possible. Would it ever be possible for church to be like that? Well, go back onto the internet, and um, you can do a search. If you put in virtual reality church you will get all sorts of responses to that, and I've just put a couple on here to show you. This is the, um, the first one, the virtual church, where the scene you see on your screen takes you into a nicely carpeted building, and um, you've got various doors there. And uh, the doors will, well, you have a worship room, A prayer room, a chat room, a Bible study room, church offices, even a kid's zone. So if you're a parent using it and you've got children, they can go to the same virtual church as you do. So, yeah, you've just got all that stuff there. And, you know, I went on to and had a look at it. I went into the worship room and I could listen to things like, um, come, now is the time to worship. uh, And they had various other songs playing. That was the one that was playing when I uh, went on there. I could have tuned into a Christian radio station. I had a quick look at the Bible study, which was in effect a, a sermon taking, taking us through various um, passages. Uh, very good in many ways. I didn't go into the church offices or the kids' zone, but you know, if you want to, you can look at that sort of thing. Not all of them may be quite as positive as that. This was the next one I looked at, and um, it's called virch.com. And uh, you can see the logo there. It says, don't go to church, go to virch. Com. And um, this is the thing that came next to its name on the search engine, Virtual Faith Community for the Hesitant Churchgoer with 30-second thoughts, icons, and prayers. And some are quite ridiculous-sounding. The um, Virtual Church of the Blind Chihuahua. Um, and there... <laughs> Their legacy, their, what they said about it is this. We can't be right about everything we believe. Thank God we don't have to be. So you get a whole mixture of things on the internet that are saying you can do church on the internet. You don't need to go out. You can just have it all there by looking at the internet and never leaving the comfort of your own home. Interesting isn't it, of that's the stage that some people are trying to move us to. And you know, reflecting on that for a minute, I thought, well, is it all bad? And I wouldn't say that this is all bad, you know, because some people can't get out to church. You know, if they can actually get some form of spiritual input on the internet, well, fine, that's good. You know, some people um, may want to have extra input during the week. They may feel church is fine on a Sunday, but... You know, I want something else that goes on on other days. Well, virtual church can be good for helping you through those sorts of things. But it seems to me that with virtual church, and particularly with that one of virch suggesting that don't go to church, go to virch, that they will never be an authentic reality of what Christianity is supposed to be about. Because as we continue to look at our purposes, one of those things is that we are created to be in fellowship with one another. God has created you and me to live in relationship with one another. God's created each of us to have a relationship with him. And as we respond to that relationship, so many other people respond to that love. And God invites all of us together to share with him through that fellowship. We need to be people who are living in fellowship with each other. I preached on, um, on Sunday here on Romans 12, and I'm um, just going to look at some of that tonight, Romans 12, reading verses 9 to 16. There are pew few Bibles, if you can manage to reach behind you, And you wish to follow, if you do wish to follow you, you can find it on page 200. And so I I read from verse 9 through to verse 16. Love must be completely sincere. Hate what is evil, hold on to what is good. Love one another warmly as Christian brothers and be eager to show respect for one another. Work hard and do not be lazy. Serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion. Let your hope keep you joyful. Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. Share your belongings with your needy fellow Christians and open your homes to strangers. Ask God to bless those who persecute you. Yes, ask Him to bless, not to curse. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. And from that passage, I want to suggest five building blocks for fellowship that come from this. Block one, let love be sincere. Love must be completely sincere, we're told in verse nine. One translation puts it like this. Love should not be, must not be full of hypocrisy. And um, what that means, what that would have meant for people at the time is they would have known the word hypocrisy from Greek actors, who, what they would do is they would wear a mask to to perform a certain role. And then they would go backstage, change their mask, and come back out playing a different role. And that came to be known, as the Greeks came to be known through that, they were called hypocrites, because they kept changing their masks. When Paul says here, love must be sincere, he's saying we must love Without the masks, we must take away the masks that we put on. If we want to build fellowship with one another, we need to take off the masks that we so easily put on ourselves. The masks that say we've got to give a certain Christian response, because that's the right thing. What Paul's saying here is be authentic about what you share with one another. Let love be authentic. Have the confidence to share with one another exactly how you feel. And then, in that love, trust that love enough to be able to cope with that. If we want to build and fellowship and have deep fellowship with one another as Christians, we need to take off our masks, to let love be sincere, to be authentic, to be real not to be people who come thinking we've got to bring a certain Christian perspective or say the right things. The right thing is how we're feeling. That's what we need to be able to share and speak of with one another. question I just raised for you. Does church feel like a place that you can do that? Do small groups, when you meet with small groups, do they feel like a place where you can share And and I don't mean by telling every single person in that place, because that's not always the best or the easiest thing to do. But are the people with whom you can share sincerely the thoughts that you're having, where you can take off your masks and be authentic and be real. Because that's the sort of building for fellowship that we need to do if we really are to be part of a family together. That's block one. Block two. In verse 10. Love one another warmly as Christian brothers and sisters. You know, in effect, what that is saying is love one another warmly as family. You know, family are made to be there for each other, to support one another. We all need encouragement in our Christian walk. Sometimes we need the encouragement to actually get out and do things because they feel really difficult. You know, we need somebody else to say, yeah, you can do that. Go on, I believe in you. Sometimes we need encouragement because we're struggling in the Christian life. We find things really, really hard and we need somebody who will be there and say to us, look, keep going to encourage us within that. Sometimes we will go in the wrong direction And we need our family there to say, hey, look, you're actually going off in the wrong direction here. Get back on track. But that needs to be done out of love. Loving as family. Wanting the best for other people. That's block two of fellowship. The third block. Show respect. Comes later. In verse 10, be eager to show respect for one another. If we're to have deep fellowship, we need to show respect. We need to be able to come and share and be different with one another. You know, the fact is, the truth is, any church you go to, any small group probably you go to, chances are you will find some people there harder to get on with than others. You Certainly in church you will find some people that you just click with straight away and some people who manage to wind you up the wrong way. In, in the trade, these people are called, uh, I, I know some people call them EGRs. Does anyone know what that stands for? Extra grace required. Extra grace required. <laughs> yes, there are some people for whom extra grace is required. Think about it, you probably know some. <laughs> But show respect for everyone. Even when you struggle to get on with somebody, you need to show that respect. And I think one of the hardest things can happen sometimes, and this does happen in small groups, respect means listening to people without always jumping in with the answer. I do know people who've got very frustrated in places because what's happened is they've shared a problem and somebody's told them exactly how they should act straight away. And that's not what they've wanted. they just wanted to be heard. To people, for people to say to them, yeah, I understand that things are difficult for you in this situation. It's not easy. But I'll walk with you in that. Sometimes it is right for us to then ask some questions and say, have you thought of this? Would this help at all? But we need to show respect. And respect means not jumping in and saying, hey, this is what you should do. You know, if you really want to make a difference, do this. If you want to be a proper Christian, this is how you should be acting. That's not going to help. We need to show respect for people of being able to make their own decisions and move forward. But we need to provide helpful input and support and love and care for them to be able to do that. That's what showing respect really means. We need that if we're going to build fellowship. Because otherwise people are just going to withdraw and say, well, I'll put my mask back on. Because it's not a safe place to share. The fourth block, hospitality. Verse 13, share your belongings with your needy fellow Christians and open your homes to strangers. You know, it's no coincidence that when you look at the early church, they met together regularly. Not just for times of fellowship. They met together in, in their homes they ate together. You know, read the Gospels and discover how much of Jesus' teaching happened around the meal. Why? Well, because that's where people are most relaxed. That's where people open up. That's where people are able to take their masks off and share exactly what they're feeling. You know, if we really want to fellowship with one another, we've got to practice hospitality so that we can actually go into one another's homes and share at a deeper level. That won't happen just on a Sunday. That won't happen just on a Sunday. It won't happen over the cup of tea or coffee afterwards. It needs to have more time given to it. But the benefit of that is deeper fellowship. And the fifth building block, live in harmony. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. We could go on to verse 17 and say, if someone has done you wrong, do not repay him with the wrong. Try to do what everyone considers to be good. Live in harmony. What does that mean? Well, what I don't think it means is I don't think it means we should all be the same. You know, when you're talking about harmony in music, harmony doesn't mean that you just play one note all the time. Harmony is about the different notes being put together to make good music. What we're talking about, and what I think Paul is talking about here, about living in harmony, is that we can be different, but we have common purpose. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. You we live having the same purposes in life. Part of what this course is about is about stopping and thinking about the purposes of our lives. I say part of what the course is about, that is exactly what the course is about. We're here to recognise that God has called each one of us, you and me, into relationship with him. And we need to think how we're going to respond to that call. And that's what we're doing. The first week we talked about worship. This week we're talking about fellowship. Next week, we're talking about discipleship. Then we're talking about ministry and then evangelism. These are the things that are important in our Christian walk. And it's not that we should all carry out these things in exactly the same way. But I do believe that God wants us all to acknowledge that they are important things in our Christian lives. Not that we will all worship in the same way. Not that we will all fellowship in the the same way. Not that we will all be discipled in the same way. Not that we will always serve God in the same way. Not that we will always share God's message with everyone in the same way. It's not about doing things in the same way, but it is about saying we have a common purpose. Again, looking back to the book of Acts, and I just want to finish with this one thought. Reading in the early chapters... Over ten times, it talks about, in the early chapters of Acts, about the early church being united in purpose. Having the same purpose as one another. And look how there was in the early church. It just makes me wonder if each of us as Christians in Persia, or each of us in this room, each of our churches, really thinks about what it means what the purpose of our lives are and how we're going to go about doing that in terms of worship, fellowship, discipleship, uh, mission, evangelism. If we think about each of those areas and we're determined to live out our lives as God has purpose for us, how much power would there be in Pershaw? How much strength would there be for God's message? I find that an exciting thought to think about just how much God could do if we are all united in purpose and desiring to do what God has called each of us to do. That's what I believe living in harmony is about within fellowship, having that common purpose, that common goal of looking to God for our answers and seeking to serve him wholeheartedly. If any of these blocks are missing, Our fellowship will not be as strong as it could be, but put them all together. Well, you've certainly got a place that I would want to be part of, and I hope that you would as well, when we put those building blocks of fellowship together and we realise the gift that God has given us of Christian family. Thank you. Let's uh, take some opportunity now to um, talk. St. John's have very kindly said once again they will do all their stuff in the upper room up there. So we do have the the room uh, at the back. John, I think your group is probably the largest again, so if you want to go out. If we meet back here, we, we're sort of meeting back here for prayer about um, 5 to 9 for about 10 minutes. So if you'd like to come back about 5 to 9, then that would be great. Over to groups.